bitch, star, star 69 is ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to date the movie. Yeah. Can you star 69? Let's try. I'm going to try it right now. This is okay, live on the call. air. Give me a call. Live on the air. We're doing this right now. So I, so, you know, I'm a true millennial for those that are listening. I don't so have you don't know Jose's phone number, phone number yeah. memorized. So I had to look it up really quick. All right. So I'm giving you a call right now. Let's see what happens. Okay. okay. Says dial. Please check the number and dial again. <laughs> What's up, Real Critics? I am Jose Garcia Chow, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. Y'all already know how it goes, but in case you're new and you're just tuning in, here at EARC, my co-host, John Wolf and I take a look at the movies that have divided critics and audiences. If it has at least a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes, we're game to talk about it. We'll give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movies, we'll break down the critic and audience scores, and then we'll wrap it up with our very own overall score of the movie. But, you know, we like to keep it fun and light because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's a real critic. So without further ado, John, my friend, my brother, my homie, let the people know what we're talking about this time. What's going on, man? Uh, Always a pleasure seeing you. And as you mentioned, for anyone who hasn't gotten a chance to listen to uh, any of our previous pods, but especially want to continue to shout out our new intro music uh definitely catch our last pod with special guest and friend nick sarasti uh from neon nightclub so definitely check out his music too today though we're going from ghostbusters to ghostface in anticipation of the release of the new screen movie which is already out so uh go to a movie theater if you want to uh take that kind of risk and adventure we're gonna be jumping back in time to 1997 to check out the sequel to Wes Craven's 1996 classic, Scream. But before we get into Scream 2, we always like to give recos. You know, you're always like, we always run into each other or you're with a friend or a colleague and you're just like, yo, I have nothing to watch. That's what we're here for. We're going to keep it. We're going to keep it current. We're going to give you ideas. We're going to sell you guys on what we're watching right now before we get into Scream 2. So, uh, Jose, what have you been watching, man? John, you know, I've, I've got to say, I feel like I there's so much to watch right now. I, I feel like a couple episodes ago, we were talking about yeah. how we were in some weird limbo yeah. of not finding what to watch. All of a sudden, I'm bombarded with options. There's so know? much. So it's crazy, dude. So I have been watching a lot. But one thing that I want to talk about is Search Party on HBO Max. Mm. Search Party Season 5 is out on HBO Max. And dude, I love this show so much. Have you ever have you ever watched it before? I have it's on my list, you know, like the HBO Go, my list, but I haven't uh-huh. I haven't put it on. Should I just watch season five or should I watch the other No, ones no. You have to go all the way to the okay. beginning and watch season one because okay. it's there's something about this show, and it's difficult for me to like put it into words. But it's just like one of these shows that co- that it captures 
millennialness, like, and also like just the ennui of being yeah. a post-grad millennial in America today. Mm. And at the same time, it just pokes fun at all of it. You know, we're a culture that has been uh, just created by social media, you know, or just influenced by social yeah. media. I should say heavily influenced by social media. So this show kind of satirizes what's that like, but it puts it into um, a narrative that is interesting, engaging, and just absolutely hilarious. So season five may be out now, but I think that you should go back and watch season one, start from the very beginning. They fly by. I think there's only like 10 episodes a season or something. Oh, really? Are but, we talking 30, 45, 50? How long the episode? Like 25 minute episodes. Oh, so it's short? Okay. So yeah, bam, yeah. bam, bam. Like next thing you know, you've watched three in a row. Okay. Um, I love that. Yeah. You know, just to sell you on it, we're following these aimless postgrads, just a few hipster Brooklynites that are wallowing in the listlessness of being a 20 something year old in New York. Sounds um, familiar. <laughs> yeah. What's that like, John? <laughs> <laughs> Depressing, <laughs> anxiety inducing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Dory, the main character, the protagonist, uh, is searching for meaning. Yes, not Dory Wolf, Dory Seif. <laughs> and she finds it in the form of a missing classmate and decides to find her. She's like, I'm going to do everything I can to find her now. And so we fall down this rabbit hole of absurdity and she drags her three friends with her. Season five is out now and Dory Seif is now, quote unquote, enlightened. And her friends that are like a narcissist, an actress and a mild mannered man boy attempt like the four of them just attempt to you know make it in this world and yeah i think this might be the final season and i really don't want to spoil anything because i genuinely believe this is one of the best shows on tv uh wow. it's like it, the first season starts like yeah the, the first season started with like a nancy drew s caper like so she's trying they're trying to find chantal uh and then it just gets more bananas from there you really can't expect where the show is gonna go and it's produced by Michael Showalter, who is uh, one of the guys behind Wet Hot American yeah. Summer. So you can, if you've seen that, you can just imagine the kind of humor that's in this. So yeah, premium funny journey. guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend this show. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I guess like, I guess I'll watch it and then report back uh, next time we record. I'll let you know. Yeah, man. I'll boot it watch, up. Just watch episode one and tell me you don't want to keep watching. It sounds like I won't be able to just watch episode one. You know what? I, uh, <laughs> the like, just watch episode one. You know, a show is so good when you've watched the first step and then you just, you don't stop. That happened to me with uh, Game of Thrones. And oh, uh, yeah. for years, people were like, you have to watch, you have to watch, you have to watch. And I think I picked it up after season four came out or season five so it was like pretty late in the game you know mm -hmm. and i watched the first episode and when they booted bran out the window spoilies <laughs> i was like i'm in <laughs> all right that's that's how the pilot ends right is yeah. that how episode one ends yeah, yeah he goes the things i do for love yeah encourage the cowardly dogs it yeah and just shoves <laughs> his ass out the window yeah so good and then so good. And then it ended. Um, the rest is history. You know, I think literally. that's a really good point. I might just start saying that from now on, instead of being like, you got to watch this show. Maybe like if you tell somebody, just watch the first episode. It's got to be, there's got to be like a, a scale, like a scale to it. Maybe we need our own 
come up with our own scale. Like well, this is a for example, gu- guaranteed real series. Oh, <laughs> real critic guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. It's for example, though, like bad. you and I have been talking about Dexter, right? Yeah. And and it's overwhelming for me to think about going into Dexter when they're hour-long episodes, five seasons of, of them, you know. More than and, that. There's eight. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) but the last the last one's terrible so what am i watching watching so much i'm watching so much for anyone that's been listening to the show i have been re-watching dexter i finally uh downloaded a free trial on a streaming app to finally finish the final season of one of my favorite shows the final season incredible i can't give too many spoilers because jose has never seen the show but i will tell you it ends (laughs) the way it should have. Um, and I will say no one can escape their dark passenger forever. You know, that's all. Wow. I mean, so you gotta, you'll get, you'll get the, if you watch the show, you'll understand the dark passenger uh, for all my Dexties wow. out there. Um, but essentially Dexter is a show about a guy like many addicts is very selfish. Um, his addiction just happens to be killing other serial killers or other bad people. And over time, his, love and thirst for that lifestyle uh puts him in some some interesting situations especially since he works for the miami metro homicide team as a blood spatter analyst so most of the time he's able to stay ahead of the curve but sometimes you just can't see that curve coming so i finally finished that i have been watching peacemaker and the righteous gemstones both great in their own respective ways i'm super excited about HBO uh, Max is uh just stacked right now. They're killing it, dude. Stacked. They're we got it. Peacemaker, we got Search Party, Righteous we got Euphoria, Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. I'm not a big Euphoria guy, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, I was never like Gossip Girl. I never really liked those types of shows. Don't even say watch? it's not like you it's very similar. Degrassi is getting Girl, a so I'd have I'd have no Yeah, yeah. It's like high school. It, I, there you go. It's like Degrassi. It's Degrassi, like yeah. it's like Zoomer Degrassi. Yeah, I'm not about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but what I did want to talk about, we were sort of re- like we were kind of getting into right before we started recording this is Yellow Jackets. Since because since I had the free trial to the streaming platform, I was like, well, I got <laughs> I finished Dexter in two days, and so I got another <laughs> 28. So. <laughs> I might as well get on top of this. Yeah, I gotta uh, squeeze the juice out of it. <laughs> I gotta find something. Um, and uh, I've been seeing everywhere like people hyping up Yellow Jackets on on the Ringer. Like a bunch of different websites have been hyping it up. So I, I went to check it out. I was a little nervous at first um, because I heard that it was pretty gruesome. And I saw someone that I follow on Twitter, like put out, they, they were like, is it more gruesome than squid games? And people were overwhelmingly like, yes, it is. Are you serious? And so far, like I, so you know how squid games, it comes in spurts, right? It's not the whole time bad things are happening, but the spurts, they're intense. I will say (laughs) the spurts spurts here, (laughs) the spurts here, buddy. Spurts. They're pretty wild. Um, But essentially the show, uh, the Yellow Jackets, they're like high school soccer team go on a flight. This is not a spoiler. They're on a flight to like nationals and the plane goes down in the middle of nowhere. And so at the same time as we're following this group of girls through like figuring out how to survive in the woods, 
Uh, we're also at the same time seeing them as adults, some of them as adults, and seeing what happened on this 19-month survival mission and how it is now affecting them as adults. Something seems to be catching up with them, uh, and it does not look pretty, I'll tell you that. So, And it seems like there's a little bit of uh, a paranormal encounter by one of the girls when they were younger, before high school, and that seems to maybe be what's happening i'm only four episodes in or three and a half episodes in so at the time of recording that's all the info i got for you without spoiling too much but it is don't watch it before bedtime don't watch it if you live in a creepy house and uh really oh that's exciting yeah dude i actually right before we were about to record i want to uh, take a leak because I like to pee before we record just in case, you know, so I don't have to pee during the recording. Oh, so you don't keep a bucket down here like I do? I don't. I don't. A lot of people oh, were shit. saying I did. And I'm just coming out right now and saying it. I pee before <laughs> the podcast. So that is a little life hack for you. If you're ever going to wow. sit down for a couple hours. I'm going to go ahead and cancel the order for my catheter. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different game. Anyway, so I had like, I was doing laundry earlier and I had like, you know, the clothes that you can't put in the dryer. I had them on the, the little rack, the drying rack. And I forgot it was in the hallway. So when I walked out of the bathroom and the hallway was dark, you walked and into I, it. <laughs> no, I, I turned and it was like kind of backlit. And I thought someone was standing there. I, I, I put my hands up real quick. And then I was like, man, I'm a, I look like an idiot. I'm about to fight. Yeah. Uh, Katie's out of town. Rack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to fight this drying rack. Um, yeah, man. Oh, that's hilarious, dude. So you, you've been a little spooked, huh? A little you got spooked. a little spooked today. A little spooked. Speaking of spooks. I was going to say. Let's get into Scream 2, baby. A little Ooh. spooky, like. Before we like super dive into the movie of Scream 2, for those that don't know, Scream 2 is a horror movie. I guess it would be considered in the horror category. Horror. Horror. Horror category. How do you feel? I like I was surprised that you suggested this movie because you're not someone that typically uh loves to get the the bejesus no, scared out of them. I don't, but here and here's like to be honest, I'm not a big fan of horror movies. I tend to find the conceit of uh like jump scares and gore porn, you know, the things that a lot of most I would say horror movies are the back like that's the backbone of them. Right. Jump scares you know, gross body stuff, you know? Um, So I don't know. I never really liked that kind of stuff. I understand the fun, but it's never something that really tempted me. Um, John, you watch a lot more horror movies than I do though. You know, like what, what do you like about horror movies? Yeah. I like, I like a good, um, so I don't really typically love slasher movies in the horror. So the horror has so many subgenres. We could probably talk forever about that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. But for the sake of this, I'm going to be very surface level and say that um, I don't love slasher movies. Um, and that is because I find them, to you, to your point, like a ton of horror movies rely on so many overused tropes. And we, tropes, were, jo- we were joking about, well, I mean, honestly, without getting ahead of ourselves, so does this movie. But we were joking, like, if in order for you to make a horror movie or a slasher movie do you have to do these like in order to get into the club you know it's like i don't know by the book horny it's like 
it's like for oh, horny yeah. teenage like 14 to 25 year old men that is what slasher movies are made of yeah but at the same time john you know like like you said the horror genre is so big yeah. that i do get excited about some when i hear that they're good yeah you know, like the way that you just brought up yellow jackets i'm like that sounds interesting that movie. sounds different sure. right yeah um and yeah, i we... love you know like i love the first hellraiser movie yeah i love the first nightmare on elm street i love halloween yeah. I like some of the Cronenberg movies even, but you know, when we watch some of the modern horror today, it seems like all of the, I hate to, I hesitate to say all of them. It seems like a lot of them are so influenced by those films that they don't do a lot that's new. So I'm just kind of like already fatigued by most horror movies. You know yeah. I mean? It's interesting. I totally agree. I'm someone that, I, I prefer more of the thriller suspenseful uh, angles of horror, um, you know, and so those ones generally come with paranormal types of encounters or cult type uh, things like that's sort of the horror genre, I think, because there's like you said, there's a little bit, you know, there's tons of cult type movies, there's tons of paranormal movies, but um I guess less so for paranormal, but there's more like to play around in that to get creative. Like you said, a lot of horror movies, yeah. they're just doing the same thing. You know, they're like, it's like putting lipstick on a pig a lot of the time. So, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting uh, when we talk about the screen movies, because the screen movies are actually, for those who haven't seen, we, we actually watched Scream 1 in 1996 and then watched Scream 2. Um, and 97 i'm honestly kind of glad that we did because i have forgotten that scream the first one it's and so is the second they're actually making fun of the entire genre so when we decided to do scream 2 you know it was be it's because scream 5 is coming sure. out in theaters the fifth one i was actually originally john i felt so ambitious i was gonna be like i'm going to watch all of them no you know in preparation for this <laughs> <laughs> I could not. I couldn't yeah, do it. I watched one, two, and, and that's uh, it. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> I will probably go back and watch Scream three and four, and probably five. But I'm in no rush to do it. But and it's only because I enjoyed Scream one and two so much. You All know? right. I was well, like, I want to see more of Courtney Cox and Dewey. Jeez. <laughs> jeez. All right. So. Let's let's uh, let's get into what Scream 2 is all about here. That's the movie we're talking about. So we're going to focus on that. We will, I'm sure, mention Scream, but Scream 2. So Sydney's back, um, played by Neve Campbell uh, and uh, tabloid reporter Gail Weathers, who we also meet in the first movie, Courtney Cox. Uh, survive the events of the first screen, but their nightmare isn't over. When two college students are murdered at a sneak preview of Stab, a movie based on the events from the first film. It's clear a copycat killer is on the loose. Sydney and Gail, as well as fellow survivors, Deputy Dewey, which is David Arquette, and Randy, who is Jamie Kennedy, have to find out who is behind this new murder spree before they all end up dead. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> so this movie got a critic score of 81%, audience score 57%. Already which is crazy. Which is, it's crazy, but I can see 
why that is. And we'll get into that. So uh, as you mentioned, this was this movie was put together by Wes Craven. You mentioned one of his his other big, probably his most popular movie, which is uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. So he's directed a lot of really classic horror movies, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, Last House on the Left, Hills Have Eyes. But this movie was written by Kevin Williamson, uh, which I think is super interesting because this movie isn't like a lot of horror movies I've ever seen. It's self-aware, yeah. you know, and this is probably something we're going to talk about a lot because the meta aspect in this movie is turned up so high that literally Randy's character exists almost solely to comment about the horror genre in this movie well he you know it, it, randy also in the first movie only solely existed to point out and mock <laughs> <Yes>. every single <laughs> <laughs> like stereotype and uh trope of horror movies he yeah. was like the, and, he was like the live byline of the movie and it's not the first time you know that Wes craven has done something like this because Wes craven's new nightmare also exists and i think it was actually written by uh Wes Craven but that movie includes Wes Craven he plays himself in the movie and all of the actors that starred in the original Nightmare on Elm Street are playing themselves and they're playing themselves as the actors that starred in the original Nightmare movie yeah when Freddy breaks out of the fictional world and starts tormenting the 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 actors you know who are involved in the films so Wes Craven is not new to meta which is crazy because I didn't even know that the word meta existed in the 90s. Who knows? I think uh, Lana Wachowski watched Scream 2 and then that's how she got her idea for uh, The Matrix 4. Absolutely, because <laughs> The Matrix 4 It's the same is, thing. Is, it's doing the same thing. I don't know. It seems like it's something that's really broken into the mainstream in the past 10 years or so, you know, like with like Rick and Morty, mm. Community, you know, and so I kind of Googled meta cinema while I yeah. was doing this there are movies that go all go back all the way to the 40s like uh road to singapore and in the 60s fellini did eight and a half which mm -hmm. was also super meta it was about a filmmaker you know and also john if you haven't seen that movie it's so fucking good but i don't think it's ever been as prevalent as it is today you know why do you, why do you think do you think it's because people are like i think it, i don't want to say running out of ideas but it provides no. like more uh, and maybe it's because there's this new like uh with social media and stuff it's it's fun to see what's on the inside is that do you think maybe plays into it i think social i think that for sure but also i think that it's like we have access to so much content kids kids nowadays young kids on tiktok already understand cinematic language yeah. you know why because they they you grow up watching movies you know, we've all watched movies. We all understand movies. So we all have this insane database in our heads of how film works, you know? So when a creator references that, plays on the things that you already know, you you get it. You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem like to me we had enough content maybe 50, 60 years ago to be so meta, you know, to be so self-aware. True. And there's so much content now that that makes a lot of sense. So you know, heading, so with how meta the first movie was, you know, heading into Scream 2, sort of what, what were you, like, how were you expecting Scream 2 to go after watching the first one? I was pretty stoked about it. Were you excited to see this? Had you ever seen I, this before? I had seen them before, like a very long time ago. And it, it sort of clicked a little bit 
into the movie, I was, I was like, Oh, okay. You know, after a couple lines, but I think mm-hmm. watching it older, watching the first one at older than I was when I watched the first one, it was like a new light, you know, I was like, Oh, yeah. I get the jokes. Yeah. Which I don't think I did when I watched it when I was younger. I did. I just, you don't really pick up that it's making fun of itself the whole time. Like mm-hmm. I also just think as a younger person, like picking up on that kind of that, that emotional intelligence is not there. I don't think. Like, also the uh, database isn't there. The database isn't there. You don't know yeah. the tropes yet. You don't know the tropes. I got to say walking into this one, I was worried because I thought the first one was so good. <laughs> the first <laughs> one like, was, it was good. Yeah, it was good. But I was worried that they were just going to do it again. You know, mm. There's only so many ways to write a sequel. There's only so many ways to write a slasher. Those tropes exist. We all know about them, right? Like a slasher movie is going to have like an almost indestructible serial killer that is stalking an attractive young girl, you know, they're probably going to murder his way through her friends and she's going to be the final girl, which is Mm -hmm. a trope that exists. So I was like, okay, what's going to happen now? They killed the bad guy. Yeah. Bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, the bad guys. They yeah. Ghostface died in the first movie. Right. So I was like, uh, yeah, I was curious what they were going to do. And then when it turns out to be a copycat killer, well, let's let's jump into the movie talk. Let's go for it, right? Yeah, let's get we in We look there. at this movie. You look at it. When we look at movies, we look at narrative, characters, pace, engagement. Right off the bat, like in the first movie, this movie just jumps into the meta-ness, the satirical nature, and the paradising that the first one did. It's its also just, we get it. It's going to do it. It's yeah. Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett-Smith, and they're, all, I'm sorry, she was just Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett. This came yeah. Out, you know? yeah. Uh, uh, Sam and is she Smith. back to just Jada Pinkett right now? I don't know. Didn't something happen there? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did, didn't something happen with like Jada Pinkett cheating on Will Smith or something? Well, I mean, regardless. They're on a date to go see the movie Stab, which is based on the events of the first Scream movie. And we get an almost identical shot for shot remake of the first movie in the theater that they're watching, you know? So I kind of I kind of liked this. I really liked this. Because the movie's already playing on you coming in with those preconceived notions. Am I going to come see the same movie? And they're like, here it is. Yeah, (laughs) it's here just with different (laughs) actors. Yeah, but it's right here. It it was so like on like shot for shot, the stab like uh, reenactment of the first movie that I thought that was Drew Barrymore again. Was it Heather Graham, though? Who was it? Yeah, it was Heather Graham. I think so. But yeah, as soon as I saw Omar Epps, uh, I was I was in. I was like, yep, this this yeah. is going to be a great start to a movie. And I loved the whole, like, them, you know, like, guy taking girl to see a slasher movie. Her being like, this is dumb. I don't get it. His her, dialogue is so good. The both dialogue of their dialogue is, so good. Yeah. is incredible. And it just continues to hit on the tropes of, like, okay, like, <laughs> I'm not going to go see, uh, like, a slasher movie because, like, People that like black people always die first. Like, I'm yeah. like, why would I go see that? That's stupid. And then, of course, in this movie, a sequel, the first people to die are them. Like, it yeah. was. Yeah. And also, does was it in this movie? I forgot. There's a line of dialogue that stuck out to me because they were like, oh, because the girl always runs upstairs instead of running out the door. Yeah, you know? she says that. Yeah. She says that. And I'm like, so fucking true. 
<laughs> yeah. so true. And then they do it in this movie. They do it in the right movie. after that. Yeah. yeah, they do that. And then her line about answering the phone. She was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was like, "Why? Like, don't don't answer the phone." <laughs> she says. She says, "Bitch, star star sixty nine is that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, Which is like, wow, what a star 69 <laughs> way to date the movie. <laughs> yeah, those were good times. He used to star no 69 people all the time. Yeah, uh-huh. those were good ass times. <laughs> yeah. You can't really hey, prank I, call people anymore, can you? Can you star 69? Let's try. I'm going to try it right now. This is okay, live on the call. air. Give me a call. Live on the air. Well, wait, can you remind me, does star 69 mask your caller ID? I'm pretty sure it does. We're doing this right now. So I, so, you know, I'm a true millennial for those that are listening. I don't so have you don't know Jose's phone number, phone number yeah. memorized. So I had to look it up really quick as mm-hmm. I'm typing it. Do you want me to my... spell it nope. out for you? I'll nope. say it out loud. Nope. Anybody nope. listening can give me a call. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right. So I'm giving you a call right now. Let's see what happens. Okay. okay. Says dial. Please check the number and dial again. Maybe I, Maybe I did it. Maybe I did it wrong. Work? Yeah. Oh, you know why? Okay. I did the you wrong thing. Star. You didn't I didn't star, do star. Did no, I'm an John, idiot. it's it's in the I know. name. I know. I know. <laughs> Give it I a did, shot again. I did pound sixty nine. Sorry, <laughs> or hashtag sixty nine for those at home. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think it's I different think, now. Oh, this is gonna work. This is gonna work. Completed as dialed. Please check the number and. Oh, what? Oh, what? It even had your name on it. It had your name on it when I talked. I was waiting for you. Oh, well, we gave it a shot. We gave it a shot. (laughs) That would have been a sick prank call, too. That would have been hilarious. I wouldn't have seen you coming. I know. Anyway, so we're at Stab, (laughs) a movie premiere. Have you ever been to uh, like a midnight premiere, like a day one premiere of a movie? Absolutely. Were you dressed? as a character in the movie i took my little brother yeah. i've actually been to a, a bunch of them now that i'm thinking about it i've been to i saw star wars the phantom menace at midnight uh i was so sleepy i fell asleep because it was midnight and i was a little boy um i also saw and and it was crazy and it was there were people dressed up masks everywhere you know lightsabers, Jedi hoods, yeah. lightsabers darth vader's i'm sure those people walked out of the theater so fucking bummed out afterwards but um we also did a couple of the harry potter ones i took lewis to go see harry potter like six or something at midnight Mm. and he was adorable he was dressed up but it's never been dobby like (laughs) yeah (laughs) the hairiest dobby that ever was he had like long ass hair yeah so yeah i mean yeah i have been have you have you ever been to one i think uh i think i went to a harry potter one but i also remember being under 18 and going to the hangover the opening friday night and i think i think you were there i don't remember if you were there but i think maybe i was there i we, think I remember that we got in because they you know obviously we were too young so what we did is we ordered the tickets from the kiosk outside outside yeah in the because, little the digital one mm-hmm. and then we didn't want to get id'd and then inside, when they were checking people's IDs to get into the theater, we told the couple in front of us that was maybe looking back at it, like not much older than us, that we no, were there. They kids. were probably like 23. Yeah. 
and they <laughs> pretended that we were their kids and we got in no problem and it worked, it they, worked. I, th- I think they were just like there with us or whatever but yeah yeah, yeah it worked it worked it out somehow worked we had adult supervision mm-hmm. and then we just said peace out to them and john yeah. you were already like six feet tall <laughs> probably yeah so sorry mom if you're listening i i did that so um anyway so pretty quickly during stab uh we get our first murders with omar and jada pinkett and so from this point i really think that the movie is it's gonna move at a similar pace as the first one within the first one was like it was moving quick like there wasn't time to breathe between people dying like it was going so after that happens sydney gets a call again uh the first time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from a number that she's like oh uh, wrong number prank caller and then she gets another one and it's actually the killer and uh so she gets freaked out we also meet uh cotton who is referenced in the first movie as uh sydney's mother her her late mother's boyfriend who sydney put in jail uh and as a sort of accusing him of the murder of his mother he's set mm-hmm. free after the events and is sort of on this press tour. So we see Cotton, who is uh, actually Liev Schreiber. Like, so we start to see the story unfolding here. You know, Sydney yeah. is getting chased again by Ghostface. Old guy out from prison. Uh, and now she's at college just trying to live her life. So we have like a little bit of a of tension. Doesn't Dewey, Dewey calls her, right? And tells her it's happening again. Yeah. And then he shows up on campus afterwards. Right. Uh, because before that, we get the awesome argument in the classroom uh, where Randy is in film class. They're talking about why sequels suck. Yeah. Or, Which was or, very meta because yeah. coincidentally, maybe this sequel also sucks. Or was this sequel so aware of itself that it knew what it was doing and was purposely bad? I think, I think it would, I think it knew what it was doing. And I think that it, what it was saying is that like, this is a flawed uh, thing. You know, like, and that there's cash no grabs. real way to pull off a cash grab sequel. Yeah. Um, I loved this conversation. I fucking love this conversation because the movie was already criticizing itself for existing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I I mean, how can you not? I respect that so hard. It's like the screenwriter being like, yeah, you know, this is uh, this this is gonna suck. We're so it's all I can do. Yeah, and they use this as an excuse to talk about it. They did start to list good sequels though in the movie, so it got me to think, like, uh, sort of, what are what are some of your favorite sequels? And are there? Well, hold on, wait. So this is like a two parter. Your favorite sequels, but then also the question. The question in the movie was, which series have sequels that are better than the original? So maybe we should just go straight for that one. That's the real question. Yeah, that's the good question. I I can only think of a couple. Okay. Well, the movie references Godfather Two. Uh huh. Aliens. Aliens, which is my, which is what I would say is probably one of the better than the original sequels okay it's a tough question i think empire strikes back is great so that was something we talked about before this too is what do you consider a sequel if a sequel is in oh that's a good question you know part of a trilogy if it's part of something that's longer well then 
I guess it would still be the sequel to the first one. And then well, there like, would be ones afterwards, right? But if but, it's a franchise that's planned out already ahead of time, like George Lucas right. already had a three-part structure for those movies, then it's not really like, it's not really a sequel, right? Right. Like you couldn't call Return of the King a sequel of The Two Towers. Exactly. You, Yeah, that would be crazy. <laughs> but, could you call, but could you call The Two Towers a sequel to Fellowship of the Ring? I don't think you could. Okay. I don't so, think you could because that was going to happen already, right? Yeah. So it was I like guess. maybe sequel contingent on it being a standalone original movie mm-hmm. and then they decide to make another one. Okay. So the the standalone original did not like it 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 wasn't planning on continuing after that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cuz I was also going to say Uh, although sometimes those things have sequel hooks sure you always you you know know, you got to build that in put some pressure on the on the studio you know yeah on big hollywood for what it's worth a sequel hook is something in a movie that suggests that there's like a possibility for another story a great sequel hook is never seeing the person die yeah exactly (laughs) they're gonna show up in the next one (laughs) right right so i was gonna say end game but it sounds like that doesn't fit in our criteria of uh, mm-hmm. sequel. So I think I will probably say Tenet as a sequel to Inception. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so according to tvtropes.org, a mm-hmm. sequel is a story that takes place after the original, often with most with most, if not all, of the same cast and frequently in the same setting, if not the same location. If a work gets enough sequels, though, it becomes a film serial or a, yeah, a film serial. Okay. If it turned out to be bad, it's because, it's because of sequelitis. Yeah. Sequelitis is the idea that as the number of installments in a series grows, the probability that the latest entry will be terrible increases geometrically. No, that makes a ton of sense because I think what what ends up happening every time is you just run out of ideas, right? And you're sort of because we 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 talked about this earlier too, but like um, I feel like a lot of sequels are made not because the writers or producers or uh, showrunners want them to be made. It's because mm-hmm. Hollywood needs. They're like, hey, let's pump out another hundred mil. Like let's yeah. let's get this thing going. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that the sequelitis, I get. Yeah, that. it's it's the same thing as like a long running TV show that just does not end because it's so successful. Yeah, you know, and it's like it always reaches a point where the writers and stuff are just like, yeah, this was supposed to be over, but we're just gonna keep going, I guess. You yeah. Know? But so to answer your question, are there any sequels that I think are better than the original? Can't really think of too many other than like, yeah, Godfather Part Two, uh, Aliens dot 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 that's pretty much it i mean yeah what do you got are we forgetting anything hey let us know what we forgot yeah 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 what do you guys think yeah hit us on that hashtag sequel sequels are better (laughs) hashtag sequels are better Better let us know which one is yeah yeah um i was gonna say spider-man 2 but to your point then there was a spider-man 3 and then almost a spider-man 4 so i don't think that 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 counts anyway we get into, speaking of sequels, we get our sequeled murder of the movie, um, our second murder. Sure. Hold yeah. on, before we move on, what about Thor Ragnarok? Mm. 
Oh, I guess not. I guess it's because it's like. But that's my problem with the the Marvel movies is like, are they all part of a larger like because they're, you know, they're all part of some other story as well. I guess it's like it depends on the definition of sequels. It's like, do you believe a sequel is the second movie or do you believe it's every subsequent movie? You know, because if so, then it's like. Spider-Man 2 counts. Winter Soldier great. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, Two Towers. Endgame. Terminator 2. Terminator uh, 2, yeah. Creed yeah. 2. Creed 2 yeah. is better than Dawn, Creed. Dawn of the Dead, like the George Romero ones. Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton. There's actually a ton if that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. I Toy don't Story know. 2. Paddington 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, about the, how about the best sequel of all time then? Fast too, Five. Too Fast, Too Furious? <laughs> yeah. I'm too fast. Too, too furious. furious. Too fast for y'all, man. All right. Sarah Michelle Gellar gets killed in this sequel. Yeah. She's, <laughs> oh, she's uh, right up there with Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett as uh-huh. most famous person to get murdered in this movie. Uh, yeah. What is up with that? Why are there so many famous people in these movies that agree to be like, yeah, sure, I'll show up for two minutes and get murdered? Yeah, like, yeah. What? Five days on set, tight. <laughs> if that. <laughs> if that. Today, you know what that would be today? They would be getting murdered over Zoom. That's yeah. that's the equivalent of what this was like. It's in Peacemaker when Viola Davis only shows up through a computer screen because the oh, only way that, they got she show her up on, in Peacemaker. Yeah. In the first episode where she's talking to someone that is involved in that show or on the team. And then but she's only through the computer because she probably only recorded her lines through Zoom. Like that is now, the that equivalent is fucking of what hilarious. This is. Yeah. That they did it like that. Yeah. And so we get the Sarah Michelle Geller, like you mentioned, she runs up the stairs. She uh-huh. answers every phone call, does not call 911. She calls campus security because she's murdered at the sorority house. Like she hits every single. And so this is when I think for me, like after we got the first murder in the movie theater, cotton is involved. Like I, I thought it was going to hit something different. And then when we literally got, I was like, okay, like we're just sort of getting lazy again. Like the kills are going to be the same. It's going to like, yes, I get it. It's funny. It's making fun of itself, but there are different ways to do it. Like the one, one of the kills that they never got to spoiler alert that I can remember, maybe I'm wrong is the one where someone is running away from the killer trips and falls and like breaks, breaks their ankle or twists their ankle. And then the guy comes up and gets them. I don't yeah. remember that at all in any of these movies. And, uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they, they didn't like change it up. And so we are literally 10 minutes into the movie and I'm sort of, I'm starting to fade at this point. So, Oh, I feel you. I'm like, I'm getting slasher fatigue already, you know? Mm. And, and it's because it's, I'm not seeing anything new on the screen. It's just a man chasing a woman around brandishing a knife, you know? I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I will say one of my favorite things about Ghostface though is that he gets the shit kicked out of him oh, yeah. while, he, <laughs> while he's getting, yeah, while he's chasing people, they're just like throwing shit at him. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he runs like a goober. Yeah, he runs he with runs. his arms like, like. Yeah, he's like running. Like, yeah. He runs like a total they, goober. They'll like kick him and he'll like jump into the air. Yeah. You know, be like, oh, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is good. And then it's like, so, dope. so you talk about not really changing it up is like right after Sarah Michelle Geller's killed. There's the, the other showdown. That uh, fucking hilarious needle drop. Oh, well, yeah, that, that was good. Too. Yeah. That was Sarah Michelle. So Geller, fun. Where he throws yeah, her yeah. Off the... She falls out the balcony and then the music starts playing while it's still yeah. on her dead body. Yeah. And the guy like cleans off the knife hilarious but he gets like no blood off the knife so that's like, what makes what? it even worse yeah <laughs> he like gives it he gives it the white his like i guess that's his signature because they make sure to really show him doing that every time he kills someone he like wipes the blood off with his glove but yeah. this is like a close-up on him doing it he gives it he gives it a wipe but none of the blood comes off it's it's very What's, embarrassing what song starts playing there do you After like pina colada <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what? In the rain. What is the song that starts playing? Because it is so out of place. Please don't it send might, me a cease I, and desist. We need to find a better song. Like, what would you decide to choose? Like, it, some Steely Dan, maybe? <laughs> some uh, <laughs> some Kanye West, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Headstrong will take you on. Yeah. <laughs> Headstrong will take on anyone. Maybe that. I would die in your <laughs> will you be my hero baby uh, yeah. right. i will be your hero baby yeah uh you can take my breath away she fucking hits the ground <laughs> 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 it's so stupid oh my god yeah and oh then so like right after that it's the same thing too where there's a showdown with Sydney. Sydney kicks Ghostface's ass, and uh, Ghostface slices her boyfriend's arm. Same thing as the first one. Like the, I think Billy gets cut somewhere else in the first movie, but like boyfriend gets sliced. It's just like, oh god. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. here we go again. And then that was pretty much the entire first act, and not too much happened. And I think it really set up for a extremely boring well hold on wait because then then they introduce um local journalist debbie salt you know yeah (laughs) yeah they introduce her for a second and she's like annoying the shit out of gail yeah and dewey has shown up at this point and yeah and cotton also has been introduced at this point as a man wrongfully accused Right? Yes. So, and there was the awkward showdown between Gail, Cotton, and uh and Sydney where, where Gail's trying to do gotcha journalism by uh-huh. just having Cotton show up in an awkward encounter and then nothing happens. But uh you can't blame the dude Cotton man, because really all he wants to get is his 15 <laughs> minutes of fame. That's it. Yeah, he wants that Cotton's Diane like, Sawyer. You interview. owe me. Yeah, you fucking owe me. <laughs> what do you think about that? Like, uh, I thought that was weird. I thought it was pretty shoehorned in all of Cotton. Honestly, Cotton only exists in this movie to give the audience uh, somebody to believe they might be the killer. But at the same time, it's like the most obvious person in these slasher movies is never the guy. It's never the guy that the movie's trying to push for you to believe it. Like, it's never the one that the protagonist thinks it is either. No, right. right. It's not the one the protagonist thinks it's a, it is, except in the first yeah. movie where she thought it was Billy. And then they're like, no, it's not. It's not Billy. And then yeah, it was yeah, Billy. Yeah. So we get to sort of the end of the Billy first and. act. Billy and. Billy and Shaggy, baby. So we get to the <laughs> end of the first act. Had you figured out 
who the killer was yet. Dude, I had no I should idea. also mention we also meet Timothy Oliphant, uh, yes. who is also extremely famous and in this movie. He is the one with Randy leading the sequel conversation. Yes, Timothy Oliphant comes out as a huge film bro. Huge. He's a bro. he's a film bro. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was he's great in this movie. He is. So we I think his had performance you is good in this movie. Had you figured out who the killer is at, at the No end? idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And I'll tell you right now, I had no idea who it was the whole time. That's good. Yeah. I mean, there's honestly like half of who it is like you know because this killer works in twos there's no way you could figure out the like there's a zero percent chance you could figure so you've seen the other screen movies right yeah at some point i did yeah is it always two people that i don't want to commit to but i'm pretty sure that's like uh maybe not in this new one though yeah who knows i don't know we should watch Ghostface. Ghostface has to be the only like tag team duo like, serial killer. Can out. you imagine how that conversation goes? It's just like, how? Yeah. Hey. Okay, wait, wait. We need to save this for later because because in the reveal, okay, they discuss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's figure yeah, that. Yeah. We'll 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 get to that later. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get into to Act Two, which is honestly pretty pretty boring. Um, all things considered. So buckle up, audience. Strap in. So Sydney sort of comes to the realization that death follows her wherever she goes. She is that cursed. She her her dark passenger, as dark as uh, Dexter fans will. I don't know what this means. What the dark passenger? That's his (laughs) that's his thirst for killing. (laughs) Interesting. Um, and uh we find out that there's the copycat killer uh because now catch this they weren't sure it was a copycat killer at first but once once dewey puts together with gail that the names of the people being killed have the first their first names are the names of the other people in woodsboro that were killed and if it sounded very confusing and what i said made no sense that is because (laughs) It doesn't. You know what I love is the uh, the scene where they find out that the, the killings are connected and they're they're in the cop yeah. like and they have all the names written down on the chalkboard. And uh, it's just so funny to me that cops are so useless in mm. the Scream universe. Yeah. You know, in the first movie, wait, or is in, in this movie? In which movie is it that the, he, the guy literally murders the cops in the car? That is this movie. Oh my god, that shit fucking cracked me up. It was so dumb. <laughs> we'll like, get we'll get there because yeah. that's that's uh that's coming up. These cops are all so incompetent. Cops are always dumb, man. Yeah, I think cops are just incompetent people. <laughs> anyway, the my favorite part of Act Two was the musical number that came out of nowhere in the cafeteria where Derek, Sydney's boyfriend is so committed to his love of Sydney. Uh-huh. He lets out a nice musical number and then finishes it off by giving mm-hmm. Sydney his frat letters. Yeah. If the movie hadn't told me that that was a big no-no, I wouldn't have understood that at all. 
Yeah. What are neither. frat letters? I don't know. It just looked like a necklace he was wearing and he gave it yeah, away. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I don't know. Also, like, I hate, like, uh, PDA like this, you know, because it just puts so much pressure on the other person that you're just, like, signing up for them to look like a bitch right. if, uh, if they deny them, you know? Oh, but, wow. Thanks for your awkward musical number in which you got uh-huh. half the school to join you in. That is so yeah. cool. Thanks for love bombing me. I feel so loved and manipulated. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know if I would ever do anything like that. I would just crumble under public. Yeah. Thinking people are making fun of me, which they probably uh, would. I I, I don't know. I would never do that. I mean, did you ever do anything like that? to like ask somebody to prom or anything? No, you know, cause like, I, I don't know. So we did that show that, if you want to call it that. We uh, had a show. We had a sketch comedy show in high school. <laughs> and in which I fake asked people to prom and they always said no. Them saying no was part of the show. I always forgot to then actually ask a date to prom. So it was never, it was usually like in real life, like a week ahead of time or two weeks ahead of time and uh it, it was usually just like hey like you want to go to prom and then i'm pretty like, sure are you, s- is am i on the show right now is yeah. this where's jose with the camera yeah totally <laughs> yeah uh because this is lame and it sucks um <laughs> and i'm pretty i'm 99 percent sure that senior year the person i took to prom had also another date they were double dating that night so john what yeah john what oh my god this is something we gotta talk about later holy (laughs) shit yep 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 so i was kind of a cool guy as they would say um still am fuck her i'm crushed no it, it was like a totally it was like it was one of those things where I think that they felt bad for me and because they were like, oh, like I'm actually going with someone else. And I was like, oh, like, whatever. That's cool. Like, no problem. And then they were like, but like we because I think it was her, one of her friends. It was like her best friend. They were going. Probably. Oh, oh, oh. And so oh. It was sort of like, oh, cool. Like, whatever. But it is what it is. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway jesus how about that scene of them figuring out who the serial killer was <laughs> <laughs> anyway wait you're talking about wait is that the scene where like that i was saying where they're doing all the fucking names yeah i wrote down yeah. that that was so cringe it was so cringe yeah it was bad this is when the movie was really like slowing down for me yes big time this whole second act yeah Cause that because the first act was like murder here's the problem i think with this movie is that like a lot of the exposition fell in the second act when that should be, should have been rising action you know what i mean like a lot of this should have been set up a little bit more in the first act but especially the scene where uh sydney i guess is a thespian um and yeah is... the movie just decides that she's it... a thespian yes because okay get into clubs um you know explore yeah branch yourself. out it's college yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and so they're practicing for this play and she starts to like all she sees is because strangely she's been cast in a show of people wearing cloaks and masks 
And so she suffers from a bit of PTSD during the rehearsal and uh, rightfully so has a breakdown. That should have been something that was very like in the very beginning of the movie, just to show that she's still traumatized and going through the effects of what happened in the first one. So right after that, she has that traumatizing breakdown. She then goes straight to like pretty much straight to the library. And then I'm pretty sure suffers one of the first or one of the earliest encounters of cyber terrorism where she is on a computer in the library and then receives unwarranted IMs from a fake account that she can't control that she's going to die tonight, which was wild. Hilarious too. Like you get an I am about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so 90s. It's yeah. so 90s. Also fucking Gail's hair is so 90s with those streaks in it. Ooh, it's bad. Hilarious. It's yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. But what was the movie? Which one did you say? It was even worse. The third one. Oh my God. Yeah. Her bangs in the third movie look fucking hilarious. Yeah. Do like yourself a, toy a doll. Do yourself yeah. a favor right now if you're listening and um, Google you know. Courtney Cox Scream 3. Yeah, that's it. That, just go to that, images. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Courtney Cox Scream 3 and just look at those babies. I know. I know, right? We couldn't believe it either. <laughs> Wild. I know yeah. you're looking at it right now. You're like, why would you even? <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, the background on my phone. We don't know. <laughs> We don't know. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back. At this point, so, that's that's when Dewey and Gail, like this is sort of when the second act ends and starts to transition to the third one. Dewey and Gail are like, we're gonna we're gonna avenge Randy's death because the the way the second act kind of ends is this very long, drawn out. Do you remember the scene? They get a call from the killer and they're like going around the like yard or lawn area of the of the college yeah (laughs) she was so funny but then randy actually says like the most the smartest thing and it's like they figure that out they figure out the names right and then randy Mm -hmm. goes this means it's somebody that you know and then randy is immediately murdered yeah but at this point i don't think they know one of them they had never met one of them at this point the the other one that you there's no way you could figure out they have met but the other one they have which is hilarious because like the odd like the, we have not met them but no. the characters have but the other person who we have met the character it's a new character in this yeah movie. yeah it's, it's so totally stupid wild. it's it's that's what I hate about this movie is that it's like it act it's actually insulting you it's insulting you right. by making it a just fucking random ass people yes. It is. And Randy is on the phone for like five minutes before he's murdered. It is painful. <laughs> Bro, Rand- and, and you know what's crazy is that like Ghostface is just murdering people in broad daylight. How does nobody see a man running around in a black robe in broad daylight? And then he just ditches it. He yeah. murders Randy in the car and then he just ditches the robe. Yeah. Stupid. And hey, welcome to the 90s, man. You can get away with anything yeah ask oj and so then anyway. what happens so then gail and dewey decide to go review the tape of ghostface killing randy for mm-hmm. research purposes right um, research purposes yeah yeah. yeah i yeah, put yeah. up air quotes for for everyone watching <laughs> yeah i don't think your inflection in the words. <laughs> research purposes i did a, a a visual gag on an audio medium <laughs> anyway they get bonked by the horny bat and uh put the vhs in in an empty school 
somehow where half yeah, the wait, lights are Are you off. still doing a euphemism? They slide the VHS into the... Uh... They slide it in. <laughs> a little push. A little push. Make sure it's in. Small little push. Yeah. And then Ghostface shows up. So by the time we get to act three... How does he out? know where everybody is? So okay. we get to the makeout sesh. Then Ghostface with killers chasing them through the whole school. Well, he murders... He, he stabs Dewey. He stabs, he stabs the hell Dewey out of back. Dewey multiple times. <laughs> Dude, I actually really wall. like that scene. I what? actually really like that scene because Courtney Cox is just seeing all of it happening. Yeah. She's just like, no! <laughs> Dewey, who I always tell is stupid like, and Dewey. useless. Because he is. He is so but stupid. I love him. He's like a hurt puppy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets stabbed repeatedly while gail watches and then we head to the greek themed party greek frat party greek themed frat party get it yeah i think in the 90s like just every party on college campuses was just like togas so weird is it still is it not like that john you weren't in a frat you, you weren't in a frat no Me i did go to You're college cool. though cool yeah congrats i had to wear a toga most of the time <laughs> we went to fsu so um the toga was, it was the uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that, party that school, and so. khaki shorts and boat shoes. Uh-huh. Yep, that was the uniform. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, the actual uniform. It was khaki yeah. shorts, the Sperry's. You yeah, know? and no yeah. shirt. Yeah, so we sort Regardless of- at, of your weight. Yeah, we were at the frat party pretty quick, honestly. And- that's when uh, Sydney and her roommate, who I can't like, Hallie, for, Hallie, for the Hallie life Hallie. of me, Hallie, um, yeah. they head out from the frat party with uh, the detectives, right? They're just like, hey, let's bounce kind of thing. My two best guys. I have my two best guys protecting Sydney. Right. Which we were let on earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they start driving and then. Uh, <laughs> This scene is fucking crazy. This scene is so fucking crazy. This is probably the craziest thing in this movie for me. Dude, Ghostface just pops up next to the driver's seat, slashes the man's throat. (laughs) And they're all like, whoa, what the? You know, other guy pulls the gun, just gets fucking still gets KO'd. Doesn't shoot him. Yeah. Doesn't shoot him. Yeah. Uh, Then the man somehow jumps on top of the car while Ghostface (laughs) is trying to drive. Right. Well, because because, because Ghostface Hallie, decides to drive. Yeah, he's driving the car with Sydney and Hallie in the back. He cannot get to the back. He tries, but the doors are locked because it's a cop car. Yeah. And there's the the little gate in between the driver's mm-hmm. seat and the pat and the in the back seat. So Ghostface is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna drive this thing. I don't know where, but I'm gonna drive." Mm-hmm. Dude, the fact that Ghostface gets KO'd afterwards, too, he, like, drives it straight into, like, a construction truck, <laughs> Im- impales the fucking uh, cop that's yeah. on the windshield, and yeah. he just, like, is KO'd for, like, what, like, five minutes while yeah. Hallie and... and uh, Sydney uh, are fine. And Sydney, yeah. yeah. And they, they rip the gate open, and this was the painful... Infuriate. This was this the was... painful part of, for me, because I get it, right? It's... And this is something that frustrates me about uh, all of these slasher movies and a lot of horror movies is that this this like idea of convenience, right? It only mm-hmm. affects the people uh, 
in this and like negative situations in these movies like convenience is never something that is helping them for the most part like they're they're never like hit down on the ground and then uh like a gun appears somewhere and then they well i guess it does happen too but anyway yeah convenience is something that happens so often in these movies so like they can't get out of the car because they're pinned up against a wall so then they have to like climb over the whole thing but they don't take his mask off there's a gun on the seat they don't shoot the guy the man is (laughs) ko'd grab the gun take his fucking mask well first of all take his mask off grab the gun shoot him in the leg or something you know i and sydney is about to do it She's about to do it. But again, this is probably the movie trying its best to set up a tense scene, right? It, I think that the movie is purposefully making us yell at it. You know, it's trying to engage the audience in this scene. It's trying to get you to be like, come on, Sydney. No. It wants you to be Jada Pinkett in the movie theater telling her right. to suck star 69 his ass. Take his fucking mask off. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And that's that. Now I remember the point I was trying to make. It was like exactly what you're saying. Like I hate and love at the same time that this movie does a great job when the like the convenience is to get stuck in a circumstance, but it doesn't use the convenience to help them get out. Like the gun is there. Like it's very yeah, convenient it, that it's there. They could have ended the movie, but they decide, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. What happens <laughs> to the gun afterwards? Does well, Ghostface she, take it? Ghostface takes it. Because yeah. they Chekhov's gun it, dude. Like they literally yeah. show us the gun. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Um, and then, dude, and it's just like, and in every slasher movie, the fucking serial killer is just like they pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> he could, they could teleport. They could fucking yeah. teleport. He just he was teleports. pinned against the wall. <laughs> this dude teleports faster than Batman. He just will yeah, disappear dude. from any scene. City like tur- like they they they've been walking away from him for maybe thirty seconds. He's behind Halley already. Already yeah. slashed the throat. Yeah done crazy that's what's infuriating to me about a lot of slasher movies and why i actively avoid them yeah because i'm like the it's like you said the convenience goes one way it's not like a two-way street no um so yeah so hallie's dead (laughs) sydney runs around runs away um somehow gets away and then we get the uh showdown in the auditorium the like very well produced uh like not from a like editorial movie standpoint from like the character Ghostface and the partner like really putting on a show in the auditorium oh, absolutely. spotlight they've got props like, which i kind of loved yeah you know, i love it because the movie is, is still doing it it's still being meta there you're like this is a production where you're yeah. gonna end it in like an othello-esque like shakespearean showdown where these, these people are all monologuing to each other exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah. And that's exactly but, what we got. And we get and the, finally, sorry, the, the reveal, reveal. The reveal. There you go. Here we go. So the reveal. Drum roll, please. I'll cop it in. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Mickey. Mickey, who I, this, so at the start of the third act was when it was solidified for me. When I first watched the movie and I think that it's not fair because at this point he probably wasn't very famous. But when I watched the movie um, and I had honestly forgotten about who the uh, killers were when I watched it this time, um, he, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, he's a little bit too famous to just be a nobody. 
Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, so I don't know if he was famous back then, but when I was watching it again, I was like, he's a little bit too famous, which is always a clue. Famous people har- rarely play minor roles in movies. Yeah, I um, feel like Matt Damon showing up for a cameo in the third <laughs> act of every movie. <laughs> or in a crypto commercial. Yeah. Um, and then he was like talking about how he loves his film camera and he uh, loves like loves making movies and all that. And then if you remember when Dewey and Courtney Cox, uh, when Gail and Dewey are in uh, making out on the VCR, you, he, Ghostface takes control and he starts to film with a camera. Oh. So he's filming them. And so I was like, okay, so that one is, timothy wow nice john so i picked up on that and also just like the whole production thing of the last act i was like all right this guy's a hardo like he's going for it but Mm -hmm. the second reveal there's zero percent chance anyone could ever get this the first time walking through it was the second beat reporter on the scene who ended up being billy's mom yeah so it's like the movie also lied to you about who the fucking character was right and you yeah. never see her in the other movie. No. So there's no way for you to know when you no. see her. Like, oh, that's Billy's mom. Ooh, I bet that's yeah. Billy's mom. Yeah. Nobody would ever think about that shit. No. Isn't that half the fun about the movie? Trying to figure out where it's going to go? Yes. So that was kind of lame. And then apparently <laughs> the mom was just a psycho that wanted revenge on Sydney for being hunted down by her son. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't exactly clear why she was mad at sydney but no. sydney was the cause of her son's death she was positive uh-huh. and so she recruited mickey timothy oliphant to just go on a murder spree. oh my god so and this is the thing she recruited him on an online what did they say like chat room for serial killers mm-hmm. just call it what? craigslist we all know what craigslist is it's an online chat room for serial killers it's like what is she talking yeah. about no that was that was i it. guess the 90s people were still thinking about like oh careful don't talk to strangers on the internet <laughs> you know <laughs> 4chan's a real place yeah <laughs> <laughs> holy shit that so same weird. website was the uh the birthplace of QAnon. it was just a bunch of mickeys yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. all Mickeys, you know, who are just looking for their chance, man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just yeah, man. fetishizing fucking serial killers, I guess. I would love like, to know how that combo went. Like, I'm Billy's mom, and I'm just like, hey, yeah, right. <laughs> put out a post, like a general post, looking for talented murder man uh-huh. taking revenge for my serial killer son. It's like, um, woman seeking man right right <laughs> woman seeking man age sex location asl um yeah. 52 uh female f located yeah. in wherever the fuck they're from yeah seeking man to help me uh avenge the death of my son mm-hmm. he was the f- infamous uh murderer that uh <laughs> <Coast base. laughs> yeah that inspired the hit blockbuster stab mm-hmm. yeah you got to put that yeah. in that's attractive oh you yeah. have to i'm, st- I'm I mean, still reading i'm still reading yeah well i mean if you're oliphant this is what's also drawing you in right like yeah. if you're mickey yeah uh, make a movie about it yeah. exactly so it's like already a movie i can be a star um, of the second one yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he's just like replies he goes he's like hello 
ASL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm Mickey. I'm uh what? 18. <laughs> 18. But then in parentheses it says looks like 30. Yeah. yeah. 18 going on 30. Yeah. Male. male. Um, located in the college that the that victim your daughter of. is yeah yeah well yeah, no so it's super convenient remember he he spits a line of like how do you think i paid to get here or like so she oh she, she funded put him through college? Yeah, she put him through college yeah <laughs> she must have got a big settlement from the the stab movie like she she they must have oh, paid yeah. her out for that like likeness and and just using her son and all hilarious that. oh dude and billy's whole thing about him being like it's foolproof i'm gonna get the best attorney mm. you know mm. who does he say like dershowitz yeah <laughs> he does he says he's gonna get oj's lawyers yeah he's gonna get oj's lawyer i'm gonna johnny cochran dershowitz yeah christian coalition's gonna pay for the whole thing mm-hmm. or something like that yeah hilarious uh and then fucking billy's mom shoots him right shoots timothy oliphant yeah she's like yeah well uh we're not a team anymore blah <laughs> like yeah, yeah something out of a heist movie where she's like nah this is all mine dude and then cotton shows up shoots billy's mom i guess yeah, yeah. And, and then well, she puts like another hole in her fucking head right at the end she does because remember gail falls through also oh yeah gail shows up and mm-hmm. tries to help. Mm-hmm. Gets shot, falls through, uh, falls down the theater lights. Yeah. Yep. I like Gail. Gail's probably my favorite character in these movies because she's the only one that's shown any growth. Sydney's the same character. They're all, uh, Ra- I mean, Randy's the same character. No, well. Gail show- started, Gail in the beginning of the first movie was a selfish reporter who only wanted to be famous. She still is. By the is. end of this movie, now, by the end of this movie, she's being, she's selfless. She's like sacrificing herself for Sydney, even, who just punched her in the face earlier. Again. You know? Yeah. And she's also, she accepts Dewey, even though he's a fucking doofus. You know? She's that's... just like the only one that's changing. Okay. Even if it's a little bit. All right. Uh, that's fair. Dewey, but... Dewey doesn't change at all. So much so that he gets stabbed in the same exact fucking place. I love that Cotton isn't going to help, but because he's like, all I want is this interview with Diane Sawyer. And yeah. then Sydney's yeah. like, all right, well, if you fucking kill this lady, then sure. Like, I'll help you out. And he's like, really? And then he's like, okay, I'll save you. And then shoots her. And then it's over. And then Sydney double taps <laughs> both of them by shooting them in the face. Yeah, it was insane. So good for Hilarious. Cotton. You know, I was gonna say if anyone, if anyone's story comes full circle, it's this man Cotton. It's all he Cotton. Wanted, all he wanted the whole movie was his interview with Diane Sawyer. The whole what, movie. You know what he gets? <laughs> he gets exactly what he wants. He's a man who gets what he wants. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Mm. He does. All right. So, John- so Give me your final, final thoughts, thoughts, brother. Yeah. yeah, give me your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Jesus, man. That's all I could think. Jesus. I think Jesus, when the movie man. ended, I was like, I'm glad this is over. Because like I said, it was nothing. It wasn't new. There was nothing really new about it. I was pissed that the second killer was someone we never met, like for all intents and purposes. 
purposes. I felt like, cheated by that. You never know? met. So it wasn't cool to figure, like, try and figure that out, which is all this movie had going for it, right? It was like, all right, who's the killer? Like, because yeah. you're not really invested in anything else happening. Didn't care about any of the characters. They're all dumb. Like, <laughs> and that's just like, that's just part of the movie, right? Like, to be yeah. making fun of yourself, like, in this movie, you have to be dumb. Like, didn't really care, like, about the plot. It was slow in the beginning. The third act did pick up because it, it got back to its roots of like killing and chasing. And um, I mean, it's just, I, I was sort of engaged. I was on and off when, when being engaged. And so like, yeah, yeah. You know, it was an okay experience. I agree. Um, I will say narrative wise, you know, felt like a lot of the same, although like we said, felt totally cheated by the, by the conclusion um, there was nothing in the movie that was setting any clues for me, really, uh, except for the thing that you brought up. Um, and even then, the characters, uh, we have the same characters, no change in them. Not really. I mean, you put them in a new location, it doesn't mean that they're any older, wiser. In fact, they're probably dumber in this movie than they were in the first movie, um, except for Gail, my girl. Pacing-wise, the second act was such a dip, bro. Yeah. It was it, I was so bored after the cold open and it didn't really pick up for me again until Ghostface murdered those two cops in the car. And that's sheer shock value, you know? Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really as engaged as I was as the, as the first one. I think that this movie uh, is fun in that it's trying to become a parody of sequels, you know? It like understood in the moment that you're like, okay, this is, this is a formula that doesn't work. So like, what are we going to do? I guess we'll talk about it a little bit, you know? So I, I do respect that, but we're treated again to the same thing that we saw in the first movie, which is just like a, a movie that understands tropes and is mocking them. Right. And some of the parts were pretty funny, um, but I just, it's just scream one all over again. It's just scream one again. But so I really good. wasn't, but not as good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm conflicted. Because there's a lot I like about this movie and it's like the meta stuff I'm a big yeah. fan of. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Randy too, but only because he's an exposition machine. He's just literally the screenwriter's voice talking about sequels. Uh, and I appreciated listening to that, but like that doesn't really make him a good character. Right. Um, I don't really care about Sydney, dude. We barely talked about Sydney in this episode, but it's because as the protagonist, like, She's not choosing, she's not choosing to do much as much as she's being like, she's just along for the ride. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm conflicted. I think this movie was okay. Do you think it was better than the okay. original? No, no, I yeah, don't. Me neither. Me neither. I don't but think so. let's get into what the critics thought, because if you remember Scream 1, uh, which, you know, we, we, did not talk about because it doesn't fall in our sort of podcast realm uh, because it doesn't fit the, yeah, the 20%. Um, give me one. It had a 79% critic score. This movie, it also, which is interesting, this would be another interesting podcast idea. The first screen had a 79% critic score and a 79% audience score. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't what that... the fuck? That's How about crazy. that, huh? So this one had an 81% critic score. 
critic score. So it was loved more by critics and a 57% audience score. So let's get into some of the, the critic scores here. Okay, let's do it. All right. This first one from Empire Magazine, a clever parody of the sequel trend. Once again, we are treated to a movie mocking its own conventions, some great comic and terrifying moments, but suffers for not being as original as the original. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like that's exactly what we just said. Yep. Gave it a three out of four. All right. That's high. Yeah, (laughs) that is. That's high. So then we got your boy Roger Roger Ebert. Uh, Ooh, my oh man from, from the Chi Town Sun Times. Uh, he says Wes Craven was born to direct this material. One of the most successful of horror filmmakers. Three out of four. Well, that's not really a comment on the film, but um, yeah, sometimes you don't have. I to. mean, he's not wrong. Wes Craven was yeah, he was born to direct horror movies. All of his movies are huge hits not all of them but well a good number of them are and yeah what's interesting too is their hits despite them not being good like he knows <laughs> how to get people to like he knows how to get people to watch a movie <laughs> again that, that takes skill well they're I'll, I'll say this i'll say they're engaging yeah people love nightmare on elm street yes he he also remakes movies that he's made that are like you don't you don't usually see that like he's made the hills have eyes twice and neither of them were good or (laughs) you know what i mean like so he's also very good at doing that and you know what kudos to him he's like hey the hills have eyes didn't work i'm gonna do it again hills have eyes part two wow it sucked even more like so Mm -hmm. that takes cojones right there you know what bad I mean, respect yeah. this last one here from entertainment weekly gave it an a minus a yum yum cast of pretties pull off the Ew. <laughs> a yum yum cast of pretties pull off the neat trick of affectionately counting the many ways available to horror sequels to suck without making a sequel that sucks Ew. i, I feel like that was written by a witch some, I no, I feel like that was clearly written by like a gross man. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> mm. You know, I, there's something I forgot to bring up earlier, John, which is that like in our final thoughts, I should have brought this up because, you know, this movie failed for me in, in the end, you know, and I think it's interesting to note that the screenplay to this movie, the first one was such a hit that the screenplay leaked online and Kevin Williamson, the writer, had to rewrite the first 40 pages of it. And he also wow. wrote multiple potential endings to this movie, including a dummy ending that they leaked out on purpose online. Really? That identified a different set of, of killers as the actual ending. So I think it's interesting that there's multiple versions of this story, you know, because it leads me to believe, like, if you can just pick out what you want from this and replace it with something else, then maybe you don't have as cohesive as a story as you want. You You shouldn't, I don't think you should be able to do that. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, I I understand an alternate ending, right. But like, come on, if you have many of them, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll get the Craven cut one year, you know, just like a five hour Craven cut. 
a five-hour scream too with <laughs> the multiple endings all of those yeah Ooh, they go real like they go real 90s super and meta it, and oh. it becomes a pick your own ending movie i love that like i love that story you know yeah like what was that netflix show like bald balderdash balls what I'm not sure, but I, I can tell you one thing that I would never watch something like that. Really? You didn't see it? No. Yeah, Bandersnatch. That's Bandersnatch. That's an even worse name than Boulder Dash. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's called Bandersnatch. I knew it was some weird shit like that. But um, it's like it the, the show like stops and mm-hmm. it'll be like, what do you want the character to do? And you can click one of however many options oh, really? and then it'll do that and and the ending is completely contingent on like the combination of choices that you've given your uh protagonist but so like you can re-watch the show pick sure. different things and it ends totally entirely entire, i mean totally differently interesting yeah i don't want to do that <laughs> all right so it was those a were, fun experiment. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm glad you did it. So let's uh, let's get into some audience reviews. Those were sort of the critic reviews. I think, you know, they 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 ran the gamut. You know, I think they they said everything we kind of wanted to, other than the last one. I would never describe someone as I a wouldn't. yum yum pretty. So let's get into the the audience reviews. What was interesting is there were actually a ton of reviews that gave this movie, despite it being 57 percent gave this movie five stars and said it was better than the first. There were tons. I was flabbergasted. So this first one here, three were stars. Were you uh, Andersnatched? <laughs> and one could say. But you'll have to click here to find out. Um, this first one was three stars. Different take on a movie within a movie. Much of the plot from the first movie is reused, but a capable sequel on its own right does a great job of making fun of itself and sequels in general. Not nearly as good as the original, but a worthy sequel. I love the, my favorite part about this review. No one else can see this, but they don't use periods. I think they've confused commas with periods. So this is actually just <laughs> one long sentence. And instead of using periods, they use commas, but what do I know? I mean, I don't know much either. So <laughs> everyone's a real game. Grammar police, man. Grammar police. This next one, classic middle school horror movie. That was probably the last time I watched this movie was in middle school. And I feel like middle school me would have really loved this movie. Yeah, I probably did. You know, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is awesome. It's talking about movies. (laughs) I I love movies. There's no way I would have known that back then. I would just thought it was probably a murder movie. Um Four and a half stars this one. So I, I, I sometimes I like to get a good long review every time we watch because sometimes the long ones just crack me up. Just okay. like the fact that you have to write at least someone who writes eight sentences or more on a like a website reviewing movies. I, I want to know what you have to say. Have you ever done that before? No. Oh, yeah. But me, I might. Me, me neither. <laughs> So this person gave it four and a half stars. One of the best, one of the five best films of 1997. While I'm reading up, reading the rest of this, can you please Google movies that came out in 1997? Okay. <laughs> one of the five best films of 1997. In all caps, I love Scream 2. 
I think it surpasses the original by taking what worked in the first film, make it appeal to sequels, ante up the kills and gore, and ends up also being funny as hell. It is close <laughs> to a perfect movie in my eyes. No, that is not an exaggeration. In addition to the great scream formula, we have a terrifying and thought-provoking opening, a great story, themes relating to a play to the play of Cassandra, and more effective suspense and scares. This film works so well that I retain my ground in saying that this is the best scream film. In the film, they discuss the sequels almost never surpass the original, but that is exactly what Wes Craven achieved. What? Holy yeah. shit. This person brought up the play of Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's what the play was that she was running around in a circle. Oh, I yeah. did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I guess this guy really likes this movie. It was like a bit of uh, commentary on the movie as a whole because Sydney is like surrounded by people she doesn't actually she doesn't know if they're masked, a masked man or a masked person, or if they are really who she thinks they are, is the the concept that they were using there with Cassandra. That anyway, was totally lost on me. That's what Anyways, I'm here for, buddy. Um, that's why we got this podcast. <laughs> uh, so here's some movies that came out in 1997. Okay. We got um, The Game. Mm, Scream Batman two. and Robin. Scream 2. The Fifth Element. S- Scream 2. Liar, liar. Scream two. Men in black. <laughs> this person's crazy. <laughs> okay. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, now that one. Scream two <laughs> might be better. <laughs> this next one, though. Face off, baby. Oh, yeah. That was number one. That, oh, person, had, yeah. that person had face off number one, no doubt. Also, Shaq's classic, Steel. <laughs> That one might have been number two on this person's list. It yeah, has a great good. story. Yeah, good yeah. themes. Donnie Brasco, Goodwill Hunting, G.I. Jane. We got Titanic. We got Firelight. We got Anna Karenina. Right. This, we got this person thinks that screen Beverly two, Hills Ninja, Austin this, Powers. God. This this might be better than Austin. Maybe not. The this person honestly thinks. That Scream Two is up there with Goodwill Hunting and, and Titanic. Also, I love dude, that. Jack, I want to meet Brown. that. I want to meet that person. I just yeah. want to talk to them. All right, Crazy. last uh, last audience review. Two and a half stars. Nineteen ninety seven was not a good year for movies. Uh, neither is twenty twenty one, buddy. <laughs> no, uh, I disagree. But okay, continue. Two and a half stars starts well, but slowly and surely gets shittier. <laughs> <laughs> i totally i'm with this guy yeah. yes i agree i agree it starts out it starts out starts, strong it started well yeah it starts know. strong very slowly i wish jada pinkett would have just been the main character in this movie agreed it would have been better you know yeah yeah we should have just followed her in the aftermath but her death scene She's just like dying Brutal. in front of everybody. She's like ah, overacts her ass ah, off. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So those are sort of, uh, you know, if you had to put a number 
or whatever you want to it. What do you, what do you get in this movie? We kind of already gave our thoughts, but what it final, yeah, final yeah. rating? What is, what is your rating? Are we making up a rating system again, John? Is that how we're going to do it? We've had, we've had four ghost face killers at this point. Yeah, we have. So if you were to give it out of ghost face, how many ghost face killers out of four ghost face killers do you want to give it? I would give this one. Out of the ghost face killers, I would give this a Billy's mom. It just, it really like was useless, came out of nowhere. And I was honestly frustrated by the result. That's what I would give this movie. Yeah. A yeah. Billy's mom. Wow. It's hard to argue. It's hard to argue with that. In fact, I won't. I won't even argue <laughs> with that. I, I <laughs> out of four ghost face killers, I'll give this two killers. And I'm going to choose the worst ones. Yeah, I'm going to choose Billy's mom and um, Shaggy. You know. Yeah, I, I kind of disliked, uh, you know, bargain store Johnny Depp a little bit more. Oh, Billy. Yeah, Billy and Billy's mom. Yeah. Like like mother, it like didn't son. didn't do it for me. You know, I was so excited after the first movie. Um, I don't really understand how this movie gets 81% of critics to dig it, but... Um, <laughs> What did you guys think of Scream 2? Let us know on our socials, at EARCPOT. And be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jose Garcia-Chow. I'm not the killer. I'm here with John Wolf. Also Jerry's not out a killer. On this guy. <laughs> also not a killer. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, don't talk to any of my ex-girlfriends. Uh, today, we sided with the audience. Why? Because they're dead? I plead the fifth, <laughs> but remember at the end of the it's day, a dark turn. <laughs> everyone's, a real, everyone's a real critic. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good luck out there. And if you haven't seen scream two, don't watch it. John, do you think that we are maybe suffering from sequelitis? <laughs> Something like that. Is that what they call it? 